Hey everybody, Sam chiming in from the editing room. This week's episode is another one of our convention specials, similar to the one that we did for Magic 30 Vegas. Unlike the Vegas episode, this wasn't recorded late at night, but a few days after the convention. This episode is a little different from our typical format, so if this is your first Howling Saltmine episode, I'd actually recommend that you check out another one of our episodes, like episode 17, maybe episode 20, or maybe even one of our guest episodes. Come back here after you get a taste for our typical format. If you're one of our prospectors, then you know the drill. Spread that goodwill. Cue the intro. One podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community, looking for the saltiest stories and bringing those back up in our minecart and sharing them with you, our listener. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Mike. Say hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. And it's a Sam and Mike special because we are <laughs> recapping our MagicCon Philly experience. And because Tony's still being a cat in a hat. Yeah, yeah. Tony is still a cat in a hat. He is still a sneech on a beach. He is yep. still a turtle named Yertle currently. Yep, he's all of those things. He's mostly a Grinch, though. Major Grinch. Yeah, it's a one-man show, actually. I don't think we mentioned that, but it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. He went through the the process for auditioning, and they were like, you're so good that we're actually just going to give you all the roles. So he's... It's very similar to, like... Like, have you seen um, Nutty Professor with Eddie Murphy? And then they had the, sh- the offshoot mm. the clumps where he plays all the characters. It's very similar to that. Yeah. But in a live performance, though. Yeah, Tony's live clumping, you know, <laughs> for for an early and late show. Yeah. He, like, paints one half of his body with one <laughs> character outfit and then has the other half with the other and just, like, switches between which yeah. half of his body is facing the audience really quickly. So people and then a think third there's two on his people. back so he can just, like, <laughs> really, really flip and... <laughs> oh boy oh, so stupid <laughs> yeah so we're going to be talking about MagicCon 30 uh, is it MagicCon 30? I'm, I misspoke MT- but I think that's right I think they're I calling think them Magicon all 30. M30s for some yeah. reason this year. I think they are so it's an M30 but it's like a few months after the 30th year anniversary right Okay, MagicCon Philly. We're just going to call it Philly. Yeah, we're going to call it Philly because it was in Philly, which makes it easy to easy to track. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Vegas one we were in. No. Um. So how you feeling, dude? I'm fucking very tired, dude. And I'm a little wiped bit out. sick. Yeah, I'm wiped out. I I'm not really like sick, but it was definitely like three days of very little sleep and yeah. very lot of magic. Yep. And like talking loudly to people and like yeah. eating, <laughs> eating garbage food. Um, <laughs> I, I came home and Miko was like, oh, I'm ordering some salads. And I was like, good. 
<laughs> just put leaves in me. I need to spend like three <laughs> days eating leaves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I like, I like am ill. Like I Monday night after we got home, I was like, oh, I'm like crashing really hard and got like a little fever and my throat was really sore. And I was like, oh shit, am I getting COVID, the coronavirus? You get in the vid, dude. And Tuesday, I still felt like shit. Wednesday, I still feel like shit. And here we are on Thursday, I still feel like shit. Um, it has improved a little bit, and it's mm-hmm. definitely not COVID. I've taken yeah. four COVID tests and confirmed not COVID. I've also taken one. We're good, but I think it's just like what what the what the kids call con crud. You ever hear that term? Yeah, I have heard that. It's just like when you're in a room with like hundreds and hundreds of people. Or in a small, tiny karaoke room with 25 people, and you're <laughs> yeah. all just screaming and singing to each other's faces and as breathing as they can. each other's air. You're just like, yep. you're going to get something, you know? Yep. You are going to catch something. So I did. <laughs> yep. We did. It happened. It happened. But we it's lived okay. it. It's okay. Yeah. It was worth mend. it, though. It was worth it for sure. It was fun. So, yeah, let's just like talk through it, like what our experience was and. All that kind of stuff, huh? Yeah. The whole recap. Yeah, let's do a full recap. Full on recap. So Friday, we worked like two schlubs, like two corporate schlubs. Like two we gainfully worked. employed <laughs> young adults. Adults? I don't know if I'm a young adult. Employed adult. I, I guess I'm like a lower middle-aged adult. You're yeah. like a seven of an adult. Yeah, it's. About, I'm about a seven. You're definitely not a pre-con adult. Definitely not a CD adult. Just yeah. like a good high power casual. <laughs> I'm definitely not a young adult anymore with like my gray hair coming in stronger and stronger and my baby on the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the child definitely separates it a little bit. Yeah, it definitely changes it. <laughs> but yeah, we worked and then so we didn't we weren't there for the first day of the convention. Um, mm-hmm. We had just planned to be there for Saturday and Sunday. So we drove down after work on Friday, had a nice big road trip, actually like made pretty good time. We like shot right down there, maybe in like five hours. Stopped by Vince Lombardi's absolutely top tier rest stop. Holy shit. Vince. Wow. Let me tell you. Yeah. Accolades. Maybe better known for other things, Yeah, uh, but his rest stop slaps. So good job to him on that one. It was fancy, dude. It was like pretty special. Um, Mm -hmm. It was pretty great. So we stopped there. We also got some Subway sandwiches. And this isn't an advertisement. I know you guys might be confused, but uh, we do love Subway. We got a passion for those footlongs. And um, <laughs> we don't need corporate backing from their parent companies to uh, to say that. You know, no. we're just saying it free. Yep. Just giving them a free ride <laughs> on the show. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we got a little turned around in New York. That was really funny. There was just like the GPS was like, go this way. And that entire road was closed. And then it was like, ha ha, you actually have to go in the city now for one block, turn around and then go back. (laughs) And yeah, we were just like, this could not possibly be the route it wants us to take. (laughs) Yeah, we did something wrong, but that's okay. Yeah. And then we made it into Philly at like. What was it like 10, 10 30? Yeah, 10 30, I think maybe, maybe even 11 because it took us a little longer once we got there. Yep. So the con had already like kind of slowed down. People were out like having dinner or playing games elsewhere or like partying and stuff. 
And man, let me tell you, when we got to our hotel, what a warm welcome we received. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this was just such an absurd thing to start the weekend off with. Yeah. The, well, so first of all, we walk in and we see like people playing commander or, or people playing magic um format unknown we see people playing magic in the lobby of our hotel so we're just like oh you know like so charming look at these nerds go it's great um we're gonna be them tomorrow it's gonna be so awesome mm-hmm. and then this dude walks over and he's got like a pass on or something and he's like oh you know here's this talk he's like oh you guys here for the convention we're like yeah we're here for the magic convention and he's like <laughs> what does he say he's like <laughs> He's he like, starts yeah, with, I'm just waiting. Yeah, I'm just yeah. waiting to find someone who will win against me. Or no, he's like, he's like, I'm just waiting to lose to someone. Yeah. And you're like, okay. He's like, yeah, I'm 22 and 0 right now. Um, <laughs> you know, got my got my decks here, and and we're like, oh wow, really? And we're like, what are you playing? Like CDH? And he's like, well, well, I am. <laughs> it's like okay, so you're like pub stomping people, yeah, you're showing up and wrecking people that have no idea what you're about to do. And cool. then he starts to like t- take his deck out and like show us like tickets or something he has that yeah. he's been winning. And we're just like, like event tickets that he hit one. Yeah. Just like <laughs> immediately, first thing out of his mouth is like, yeah, just wish I could lose to someone. <laughs> 22 wins. Check out my tickets. And he's just like pulls out two deck boxes and he's like, yeah, I got this Kenrith deck and this other deck. And we're like, we're checking into a hotel right now, dude. The, the audacity here is insane. <laughs> audacity. <laughs> it was just like so weird. It was the funniest thing to show up to, too. It was like, oh, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're going to be hanging out with magic players. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's going to be all kinds of all kinds of people. We're going to get some real characters. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that great. certainly was one. We never saw that person again for the no, whole not weekend, the whole time. But... Yeah, we're like we're taking the elevator up. <laughs> it was like that was weird, right? For the first thirty seconds of our time in Philly, that was weird. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Like, what an interaction. So we get up to our lovely little room, uh, the beautiful king bed that we shared all weekend. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a uh, there unfortunately wasn't a framed photo of simba and nala from the lion yeah. king on the wall um which we had at our airbnb in yeah. vegas so that was a real shame you it know? was missing a little on ambiance but that's fine yeah i mean you know best western do better but uh we'll still we'll still use your facilities in the future best western plus Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't really much of a plus. Yeah, I did not see the plus, except for the cookie crumbs we found next. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) except for the goop next to the bed. (laughs) And the the top of the Pringle can that just appeared, like, the next day. (laughs) Okay, okay, wait. Wait, (laughs) we have to... So the next day, I'm jumping around, everyone. This is going to be kind of a chaotic episode. <laughs> you heard our magic 31. So the next day, like, we came back and, like, room service had come through. And, they, you know, they replaced their towels and stuff. And they also just left the top of, like, a Pringle can on the ground. Like, someone was on Mike's side of the bed, like, crushing. Chowing some Pringles. Chowing <laughs> <laughs> some Pringles. And, just and it wasn't just, like, the lid. the lid. 
it wasn't the lid it wasn't the container it was like the paper that you peel off the lid <laughs> so it was like very much someone like ripped a can you know <laughs> like what is going on here what they popped and they could not stop and they cast that aside they were like whatever <laughs> uh, oh man that was super funny uh the room was pretty nice though yeah overall good stay comfortable stay we did have a window but but it led out into just like a two foot wide, tiny alleyway that is like not meant for people to go in. And there's just a light outside there to like, I don't know, mimic the sun or something. It was, <laughs> that was very weird. <laughs> yeah. That was, it was very city hotel on the second floor. Yeah. Yep. Very much, very much so. So we got all dressed up to the nines or as close to the nines to the sevens um as much we as put we jackets to. on we put jackets on to feel like business boys yeah we put seat jackets on and then we <laughs> went and did some karaoke and that was fucking mm-hmm. awesome um it, it was actually kind of like a surprising mix of people there's some like some of our friends just like local um some local like edh cdh people um like our buddy eric and our friend emmett and then some other random folks. Uh, yo, guys, this episode's going to be kind of name droppy. Just fucking get over it right now. Yep. Uh, we hung out with people and we're going to tell you about it. So, yeah, calm down. Calm down right now. <laughs> so, so you know, it was it was like a pretty cool space. Um, I got to meet Kai in person for the first time. Fervent Alchemist He's an awesome CDH brewer. Uh, does tons and tons of CDH tournaments. He was there. And um, he is uh, also pretty active on the Marath Discord, quite oh frankly, uh, of which I am a moderator, oh my in case God. you didn't know. <laughs> um, so that was really cool. And then, you know, just like a bunch of other people, um, I think like some of the funnier standouts, like Gavin Verhey was there in the yep. karaoke room. And yep. like we walked in and he was performing he's performing something i think it was like spice girls or something it was, but everyone was like hype <laughs> yeah he had the moves he was just raising the energy levels yeah you know, on his own like single-handedly boosting en- energy levels in the room it was, pretty, it was cool. pretty spectacular yeah a sight to be seen really he had some epic performances he sang white and nerdy for all of us which was appropriate for you know 90 percent of the people in that room at the time yeah um and probably 90% of the con. <laughs> yeah, probably. And what else? I mean, it, it was funny because we were like, we knew we were going to do this karaoke thing. And I like karaoke. And I do not. <laughs> I get a lot of like pre-social anxiety where I kind of like overthink things and freak out until I'm there and in it. And then I'm like, let's fucking go. So <laughs> I had prepared this like list of karaoke songs that I could potentially do that I felt comfortable on. And then... I just kind of ended up singing like 40% of the songs for the rest of the night. Once I got there, (laughs) I was a bit of like a microphone hog. (laughs) Well, it was someone needed to do it because there were a lot of moments where like no one was stepping up to grab the next song. So it's kind of like, what's going going on here? Let's get Sam on one of these. Yeah, I sang All Star by Mm -hmm. Smash Mouth. I sang um, One Last Breath by Creed, which is kind of like a specialty of mine. That was his standout. That was was uh, definitely the standout standout Sam performance. Sang some MCR, My Chemical Romance, for those of you who aren't cool. Um, You know, it was just like sort of a, a journey through a little bit of modern pop and a lot of like older music from childhoods and teenage years and stuff. 
It was yep. pretty great. It was a good time. Mike had a duet with Covert Go Blue. Yep, that was cool. Renowned streamer. Cracked standard brewer. We could not remember what the song was. No, we can't remember the song. <laughs> At that point, uh, there have been a lot of like booze and stuff. There have like been that. some beverages. Yep. Yeah. And and big shout out to our friend Andrew Andrew Rothwell for just like picking up the tab on that. I mean, we all Venmoed him, but he's just a champ for like covering it and yep. coordinating and just he's a champ the whole weekend. You'll hear his name a couple times. We had a blast with him. Yep. Um. And yeah, it was it was a great time. So we left there. At like, I don't know, two, we like closed the place down. They were like, you guys have to leave. <laughs> yeah, it's time to go. They like made a special extension. They were like, you guys have a private room so you can stay past our normal closing at one. Yeah. And then it was two and they're like, okay. Yeah, they're like, please leave. You got to go. You got to go now. <laughs> and when we left, it was so obvious that the entire place, like it was, empty. It was just like coworkers, <laughs> like mulling around, like waiting for us to leave. Like, oh gosh, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> So we got out of there and promptly passed out. Oh no, that's not fucking true. We got out of there and we brewed your Sissé Tudor Chains deck for like oh God, 45 yeah. minutes. We get we get back. I'm like, there's like three swaps I got to make. I need your help. And, and the three swaps became like seven cards that came out and we were yes. just like agonizing over the viability of them. And then I think I changed half of them back in by, by the end of the weekend too. Yeah. Like I took out... Uh, Thorical combo from Sisse. I was like, I'm not really doing this. And then I was going to get chastised by other CDH tournament grinders. Like, (laughs) yeah, like legitimate CDH players were like, you should never do that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to swap this in before I play with you guys so I don't get laughed off the table. Dude, you're legitimate. You top 16, man. Sure. Sure. Let me do it again and then I'll feel legit. <laughs> I don't I don't know how many of those people top 16, but just throwing that out there. Maybe they're losing more CDH tournaments than you. Am I right? Many of them had like one CDH tournament. So that's a that's a different thing. Okay, Sean and Ben for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, so day two, we wake up, we go out, we get some nice grimy. Not really grimy, like perfectly reasonable and fine Panera breakfast. Well, we crank up the grime. Um, Yeah, I I got sausage and I added bacon. I was like, I need more because I'm hungover. We were both feeling it the next day. We were, we were feeling a little bit, and then we headed right into the con basically, and you know, did the lap around to try and find our merch and stuff, and (laughs) then (laughs) really pretty a long lap, honestly. Looking back at it, but then yeah, the once convention we were, space was fucking huge. Yeah, the I space mean, was huge compared to Vegas. It was like, well, first of all, we got there a little bit late, so we didn't have to like wait in a line to get in or anything. Mm-hmm. We just kind of waltzed right in, cruised right through. And I don't know if that's because we were late or if it's because there was a better system. But it, if you guys remember our Magic Thirty episode, we were like held outside in like a holding pen under the beating sun for like an hour before they let us into the convention hall and that just wasn't the case here (laughs) it was shifted to have security as the outermost layer and then like check-in and stuff was all inside so i don't know if that happened day one as well but that was definitely different from uh, what vegas was like yeah that's a good point i mean that that was probably a better way of doing it overall like the layout of the hall was just so much Mm -hmm. better um so it was three floors the first floor was where they did all the events and like tournaments and stuff like that the second floor was like open space um 
vendors, and vendors and the main stage yet the main stage area the command zone area tons of free play space like a shit ton of free play space yeah um frankly the command zone never filled up you know we've still got some complaints about that i think a lot of people don't want to see that remain exclusive i don't think it needs to yeah and the free play space also never filled up it was just like you know to their credit it was a shit ton of space all yeah. over to play games which was they a really huge huge difference than vegas they really learned from what they'd done in vegas where like just slapped tables everywhere they could fit them like the area near there were some cool like sets set up you know with different images from different planes and things oh, like yeah. that, that cool. and in vegas there were like three tables in each of those and then like two tables outside of them and then in philly it was like each one was packed with like six or seven tables and then the whole space in front of it was just like packed jam-packed with tables for people to just get free play games in so it's yeah. just a way a way better thing you could see everywhere they had space for a table they put a table so people could play which is cool because like those little scenes that they have with like you know there's cosplayers there it was very similar to the vegas setup i'm sure people have seen photos online but they had cosplayers come in dressing up like planeswalkers hanging out in these little vignettes that look like the planes you know like tafiri's library and uh professor onyx's thing oh yeah professor yeah office hours or whatever so you know it had that space where you could like hang out and play at vegas but it was two or three tables and people just camped on them. Um, so you could really enjoy that if you wanted to this time around. Um, the layout just seemed better. The flow seemed better. Like it didn't feel crowded, but now there was clearly a fuck ton of people there. Absolutely. I think the artist stuff was laid out better too. We mm-hmm. didn't really go over to that. We're not quite at that stage in our collecting yet. I know a lot of people are like down with artist proofs and shit and, we're yeah. just making it work with what we got, you know? <laughs> I'll probably need to do like a conversion at some point. There were there were a lot of people at the convention this time talking about like I, I forget ex- I think it was Eric that we were talking to, or maybe maybe it was Emma. We were talking to someone that was saying like they wanted to leave the convention. They'd brought five binders, and oh, by yeah. the time they left, they wanted to have four and they wanted to have traded out a, an entire binder's worth of cards. Uh, I think that I might think have they been were Eric. looking to pick up a Mox Diamond too. Yeah, I think Eric ended up getting a Gaius Cradle or something. Yeah, um, which is pretty cool. And I, I might end up having to do that like consolidation phase at some point. I mean, that's like the place to do it. A lot of people were selling shit off. Totally. I think Lauren sold a bunch of shit off. Like it was very yeah. common. People were flipping tons of cards. Right. Because you're getting, I think you're getting the, when you're trading the cards in, you're getting closer to the sell value of it but i don't know exactly how that process works but yeah you're definitely getting some like the best value you can so you know we we didn't do that we didn't bring anything down um but but that area was very well organized Mm -hmm. the command zone area was huge um it was like a wristband system so you basically got like a wristband that you'd registered for all the content creators were able to get in that was sort of like a last minute ad there's some controversy there that you can read about on twitter <laughs> if you want. They, it wasn't Don't clear bother. if they were gonna get in or not and that's pretty much it they ended up getting yeah. in this is kind of some of those elements were poorly organized but overall the con was a hit for me um so that was all on the second floor oh and the second floor also had like a hallway 
you know, where there was like merchandise lines and all that kind of shit, like registration. But there were also like these smaller play areas and like quiet rooms and, you know, just kind of areas for people to like chill out and get away from the crowds and still yeah. be at the convention, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I really dig that. And the third floor, which I, it's funny. I actually didn't even know this when I was there. I didn't even know yeah, there was the third I floor. Didn't either. <laughs> but that's, that's where they were holding the pro tour. Um, so all the pro tour games were happening on the third floor, which people were super stoked about the pro tour coming back. Yeah, obviously they're really glad for, competitive events to be going on yep and there were some cool things that happened like kind of like secret events like there were these secret layers that were handed out to people um this like exclusive printing of a a shivan dragon with that was numbered i think there was something like 270 of them handed out handed out to everybody like some content creators got some some random people got them sometimes a vendor would like slip one in your bag like it was kind of this like sort of covert handout situation. Yeah, Yeah. which was really cool. Um, And then they also had this sort of like secret event that was a, I forget what it was. It was some kind of draft, but it included new playtest cards. And these were like legitimate playtest cards had the white sticker applied with like the printed out stats of the card. Not like the, not like the ones that you get in the, um convention mystery boosters boosters that have like an actual printed thing on them like these were like real playtest cards um which was really sick and some of them were super cool so people were kind of like you know trying to get after those so probably i think they it was confirmed that they're only printed at that event so that might be something that they do moving forward just to have these kind of like extra special little collectibles out there in the world um and i think that kind of shit is cool because you don't need that stuff you know, like I, I get bummed out when like a um when like a jeweled lotus is super fucking expensive because I want yeah. that shit. But if like some random card that I'm not gonna play with, but it is like a valuable collectible, cool. You know, more power to you. Yeah, that's great. So then we after you know doing the rounds, we ended up hitting the command zone, really. Yeah. Um I think we, well, bumped, we bumped into, into our... yeah. Warren, uh MTG hot dog who promptly introduced us to adam from uh sad Nas yep cdh podcast our new best friend who's awesome <laughs> i think sam and i are both in a race to binge <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as many episodes of sad Nas <laughs> as we can now um i'm definitely winning so that's good yeah you are i started <laughs> listening to a book on tape you're definitely winning <laughs> get wrecked uh but yeah and then we we headed over into the command zone and got like pretty much immediately scooped up into uh, a commander cube commander Coliseum by, yeah. by Zeb, uh, which was awesome. I, I had never cubed before. I think Sam, you'd never cubed before too. Never right? cubed. Nope. Yeah. So Zeb is this guy that rings and you can find him on Twitter. I think his name is like Zeb, that cube guy or something like that. <laughs> um, and literally just brings this cube, this like really curated commander cube to conventions so people can draft it and um he just kind of oversees and watches it and the cube experience was insane yeah it was incredible it's just like so curated and you know you it's still like a typical draft size you're drafting with eight people uh and then you just make two pods of four and you play like commander games with what you draft so you're trying to build what was it a 60 card deck yeah 60 card deck but you had there was an instead of just normal 
commander draft with 20 card packs there was also a 15 card legendary pack in the beginning of the draft that you passed around which was great because that meant like in commander legends you know you sort of have to like hunt a little bit for the right commander to like hope you get a solid legendary Mm -hmm. but there was a full draft round where every pick you were getting was just a completely viable bomb legendary commander yeah um and they uh, he'd added a special rule where if you draft a mono color commander, you can run two of that same color mono color commanders as if they had partner with each other. So it really opened up some cool lines too to to consider while drafting. For instance, our new friend Shauna, uh, who works at Eminence and and helps coordinate events and stuff like that for them, and used to work on and command casts zone. them. But yeah, yeah, and cast for them. Um, and it's just like an awesome CDH tournament grinder as well. She was drafting Toski and Selvala, mono green Selvala. So mm. those were her partners. Selvala, you know, you're you're tapping, making tons of uh mana, drawing cards, and then Toski must attack whenever you hit someone, you're drawing cards. So you can have these like kind of crazy decks that come together because of that partner rule, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. What did you end up drafting, Mike? Uh I drafted Ishin. Which was great because at the last convention I was at, I played against an Ishin deck and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then at this <laughs> one, I got to, you know, assemble one and play it. And it was, it was really fun. Uh, I got like a really early Sword of the Animist, you know, supported by a really early Stoneforge Mystic. And then Ishin was just swinging in and grabbing me two lands every turn. Uh, and then I was able to drop like a really early Bolus's Citadel and just rip stuff off the top for like 10 minutes <laughs> and, you know, get a shuffle in by triggering the swords again uh, to reset the top of the library, like get another shuffle in by doing something stupid. I forget what. So just kind of churning through the top there um, and then like a bunch of extra combats to win. So it's just really cool being able to assemble something like that in a draft scenario where, you know, in like... The other draft scenarios we've seen in Commander are like a lot more slow, grindy paced stuff. And this was like, oh, all of the cards in this cube are good. So you you kind of like ran the table with your games (laughs) a little bit, (laughs) like to the point where later that night, Mike and I were back at our hotel. We were doing something. This this is too embarrassing. (laughs) It's so good. We're gloating is so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) And we and he was like, wait, can I just. Can I just tell you about how great this game was? And and it was. It sounded sick, dude. With the yeah. bolus citadel into the ex- multiple extra combats. It's like, yeah, you got to brag about that. It just really is one of those things, too, where like when you fully live yeah. the fantasy of whatever commander you're playing <laughs> and it works and you do the thing. And it was wild because I got to have that experience without spending like the weeks brewing a list yeah. and the waiting for the cards to show up and the and everything like that. that shit. Yeah, to like exactly. Just pull, I just it got to pull it together in a randomly. draft. It was Crazy. so cool. Um, and I really hope that I get to get the chance to play that cube again. Yeah. Uh, Cause it was, it was really fun and I'd love to, you know, keep, keep playing that. Oh, same here, dude. So, so I drafted, um, I drafted in Bant. I got an early Estrid, the masked, um, mm-hmm. and was, kind of considering like, okay, maybe I'll do this Enchantress theme and maybe go in that direction. And then I also ended up getting a Derevi. Um, you know, everyone knows Derevi. You attack. 
I, I don't have this shit up in front of me, everybody. Fucking follow along at home. <laughs> Pause the <laughs> podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> the quality is garbage. <laughs> well, sometimes people are like, you should know the cards better. It's like, give me a break, man. <laughs> this is hard. Um, no, it's not hard, but I, give me a break. I know Derevi. Yeah. So Derevi is like, it's it costs, you know, it costs Bant. And I think it's one in a, Bant. Is it one in Bant? Isn't it? No, it, no, it's ability is bant, one in bant. And as an activated ability that costs one in bant, where you take it from uh, the command zone and put it right into play. So it, it's a commander that cheats commander attacks, anyways, which is pretty sick. And then it says when it enters the battlefield and when a creature of yours deals combat damage to an opponent, you untap target permanent. Uh, I think that you control. No, it's not. You tap or untap target permanent. So one of the benefits of this is that you can use it to untap lands and like swing out and kind of untap a bunch of your lands or big dorks or anything Cast things yeah or big dorks so as i was drafting you know i was getting enchantresses i wasn't sure if i was going to do estrid or drevi i got a bunch of enchantresses i got a bunch of clone effects like a bunch of clone effects were just coming through like fimage and uh phyrexian metamorph and stuff like that and i was like these are great like if my opponents are drafting gas i'm gonna steal it you know um and then one of the best things i got was uh prime speaker vanifar which is you know birthing pod on legs so my whole thought was like okay i'm gonna build a pod deck and i was getting things to like pod into like um you know, like Felidar Guardian and all this different type of stuff. So I was getting some of these like birthing pod elements to have some kind of birthing pod combo, or at least like a value pod to like get into these higher CMC creatures that I was drafting. So that was sort of the whole concept. And then I was like, okay, is Estrid going to be a better pod commander? Because I can enchant Vanifar and Untapper, or I mean, it's it's not really, it's, it's going to be, you know, Derevi because Derevi has the untap effects. You know, that, that's that's kind of the direction I went into. Never drew Vanifar. Just never happened. But the Derevi <laughs> value was insane. And the thing that really sealed it for me was I got a really early smothering tithe out. And Oof. I was playing against Shauna, who had Toski and Selvala. So she was drawing like three cards a turn. Yeah. <laughs> and no <laughs> one paid for it. No one paid for it the entire game. Amazing. And I did lose. Um Somebody across the table from me, this guy Jordan, had a he had a Yarok deck mm-hmm. and got a Panharmonicon out and then cast a <laughs> cast a fucking Avenger of Zendikar and then <laughs> played like five lands in a single turn. And wow. it ended up being 28-8 plant tokens that just like swung out and we were like, <laughs> well, yep, we're definitely fine. Guess that's that. Yeah, it, it was an awesome game, but it, it was a bit of a grind, but it was a really, really cool game for sure. Totally. After that, we got some lunch, which was great um, mm-hmm. with some of our new friends, Shauna and Adam and and Callahan from the Mind Sculptors and Maeve and Paul. Um, and then, oh, and Ben, Ben as well. Yeah, so then we, we had some lunch and then we came back and we just jammed more CDH. So we bumped into my buddy, Phil Quinn. What's up, Phil? If you're listening, Howdy, Phil, who's just awesome. I got to meet Phil uh, through Alan, uh, Mental Misplay Alan, at his uh, Command Fest Alan's basement, um, which was maybe like last month or something. <laughs> and Phil drove up from New York and uh, 
hung out with us and we just hit it off. So we met up and just jammed some CDH games. I owed him one because notoriously at the uh, Command Fest Allen's basement, we were playing this high power casual game and I played Gave and he played Zerzoth Chaos Rider and got a turn one Blood Moon. And I did fuck all that whole game. It like locked me out of the game. So brutal. Like I had a, I had like a decent grip. Like it wasn't a great hand from what I remember, but it was all non-basic lands and I just got fucked. Um, and he like felt bad about it <laughs> afterwards, <laughs> but also still won. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'll get my payback now. So we played a couple of games with him and our new buddy, Evan, uh, who might also be listening now. He's a new patron. Um, and Evan had a cracked deck. Dude. Yeah, Evan's deck was so cool. It was all around playing Pox. We should read Pox. Yeah, we should read Pox. It's a black, black, black for a sorcery. Each player loses a third of his or her life, then discards a third of the cards in his or her hand, then sacrifices a third of the creature they control, then sacrifices a third of the lands they control. Round up each time. Uh, yeah. Which is just brutal. <laughs> A third yeah. doesn't sound too bad, but when it's half, when it's a third rounded up, it means it's a lot. If you have four lands, you're sacrificing two. Yeah. You know, so it airs towards half. If you have like seven creatures, you're losing three of them. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it, it's, it's actually insane. pretty like brutal. It, it really pushes towards forcing you to sacrifice a lot of shit. Yeah. And in CDH, you're very lean on lands, very mm -hmm. lean on creatures, playing mm -hmm. out a lot of your hand. Sometimes you're really lean on like cards in general because you mulliganed down to land fish. Oh my God. Yeah. Mike, <laughs> Mike mulliganed. Oh, that was so funny. So Mike is mulliganing, right? And we all have our starting hands and Mike's just mulliganing over and over again. I'm like, okay, I'm going to like go to the bathroom. Yeah. I come back and I like bump into somebody and I'm chatting with them. I'm like, okay, I got to run. Like my games, they're going to start without me. I get back. Mike is still <laughs> still mulliganing. going. <laughs> it's been like 15 minutes of mulligans. Any mulligans to two cards. Yeah. Well, at three cards, at three cards, I look at my hand and I say out loud to the table, I'm like, this hand sucks and it's not better than land fish. So I'm going to go to two. <laughs> I mulligan again. Insane. <laughs> Keep two, turn one, mana confluence, mystic remora. <laughs> it was so Which goofy was pretty epic and, and to our credit we didn't feed the fish very much <laughs> no 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 one i mean i got i did get a couple cards off of it because i just kept paying for fish i had like no other plan yeah, it was at like that all point. you could do um so i did get like probably four or five cards in it like almost enough to keep me back in the game but then pox came out and i like was just demolished <laughs> oh my and god yeah the pox it was also morath so morass was just bopping stuff left and right yeah so in the first game we played two games with those guys and the first game i did like fuck all i i just didn't really my board didn't really come together it was kind of like a lame game for me um and i forget who won that first one might have been you mike yeah, I think the first game I won. I, the second was yeah. when I went down to to two. You won the first game. You had a pretty clean win through a overloaded Cyclonic Rift. Oh, yeah, that, that was funny. Off. And you just like kept valuing through Sisse. And I think my problem there was that I removed a stacks piece. I removed like a rule of law effect with yeah, the there was... 
with the overloaded rift and then you were like able to revalue out and, and yep. win on the spot which was pretty wild i had like a sissy activation under the rift and then the rift went off and then i put i resolved a sissy activation over it yep. and with that i was basically able to find enough mana and stuff to be able to redump my hand get a cannon out get more mana and kind of continue to carry out the win from there yeah that was that was intense um but in the second game the second game was when mike had the really shitty mulligan and or or really great mulligan depending on how you look at it (laughs) (laughs) and that was one where we we got hit with pox a few times and um uh, i actually ended that game with no land at all all of my land had been blown up because evan the pox player was also uh, the, the way his deck works, um, we should, I guess we should say the commanders. His commanders were Kodama of the East Tree, the partner Kodama, um, that lets you kind of like drop in permanence for free, and Tevesh Zat. Um, and part of the combo for the deck is, uh, it's not really a combo, I guess, but part of the strategy for the deck is casting Pox, um, because Pox is symmetrical. So you're casting Pox, you're using Tevesh's awesome draw effect to refill your hand. You're using black and green effects to get Pox back into your hand so you can recast it. And you're using a lot of green effects like Ramanap Excavator or I bet Crucible of the Worlds is in that deck to Mm -hmm. replay your land that you sacked away from your graveyard. So it's this interesting synergy of like hitting your opponents and eating their resources away and then having a means to fill yours back up very effectively to just keep that efficiency up and keep your lands everything growing it was a really spicy deck for sure it was super unique so evan was like doing his thing and just kind of crushing us with that (laughs) and i was you know helping uh i was staxing out with marath and and phil was playing this is the game i got my revenge phil was playing marwin um which is a super fast elf ball combo deck but most elves have one toughness, so Marath can just shoot them and kill them. <laughs> For one mana. So, so I was just <laughs> controlling the board by like shooting things down, and eventually we got to this point where we were all just so staxed out. Everybody had been ground down from the multiple poxes that you know I was just able to like value out. to the, the mid end game and um, get the win, which is great. Yes. Sam won with no lands. Uh, yeah, on board, no lands in play. Just off of like dorks <laughs> and uh, rocks mana. Yep. I don't even know if I had a rock. Maybe I did. I think it was purely I think dorks. Because ro- yeah, rocks, it was, it was pretty... rocks don't get sacrificed. So I think they were to pox. So I think they were hanging out. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but an oof did come down at the last minute. Um, oh, right. So <laughs> that was so maybe I, not. I had to win through the oof. But yeah, it, it was really just kind of like a, a funny and epic game. And, you know, Phil got super salty, which was which did my heart well after the Blood mm-hmm. Moon fiasco. Yeah. Which is a great segue into describing our podcast to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time someone was like, oh, you guys suck. We we're like, well, <laughs> yeah. right on well, in. Where can you send that story? <laughs> Um, yeah, it was funny that like we made some people salty over the weekend. I think that was like very appropriate. That was nice. <laughs> we were the salty boys. Um, we also got a shout out Phil because Phil did get the exclusive secret layer um, Ragavan, mm-hmm. which is like, which was one of the prizes for like getting into the second, I think the second round of the second Pioneer day, tournament. Yeah. Second day yeah. of the Pioneer tournament. So 
you know, that thing is fucking sick. We got to hold so it. So cool. <laughs> yep. It was awesome. And I think they're going for like $5,000 right now. So yeah. Good on you, Phil. Yeah. Well done, Phil. Well done. And then from there, we just kept the party going with Phil and Evan. We met up with some of their friends, uh, Ben, Omar, and Eric. And we like walked through the random streets of Philly. We There was like a car accident that made us all get turned around. And <laughs> well, there was like a weird dripping overpass that yeah. we got to explore. It was like a frightening overpass that we went under. <laughs> <laughs> and then we ended up at this bar um, and just got some like good ass burgers and beer and just chilled. And that was super fun. Very, yeah. very low key. Nice end to that first day, except that it wasn't over yeah, because we decided <laughs> to go over to uh, Lobby Con. Lobby Con. So basically, for folks who don't know what a Lobby Con is, basically at most conventions where there is magic or most magic conventions, there's a moment where the convention hall shuts down. And people still want to play. So often you call it Lobby Con because you start to kind of like slowly take over the lobby of a hotel. People are just sitting at like random tables and stuff. This one was a little bit more organized, like a, a, a space was rented and like sp- different companies were like sponsoring it for like raffles and giveaways and stuff. It grew very big. I My understanding was that it grew well beyond what it was originally thought it would be. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which was cool, but also sort of like very tense. Like the energy was <laughs> the energy was like people are stressed about this. Yeah. And I think we came in right after like some announcement that was like, Hey guys, we're going to have to be quiet. So we kind of missed the memo, but we walk in and everyone's like, everyone's like anxiously talking at and whatever volume stand on the carpet. And we really need, <laughs> and there was, it was just like, we like walked into the seat. Yeah. Like there's all just all these rules and shit when we walked in. Um, so our buddy, Andrew, uh, Andrew Rothwell, was yeah. manning sort of like the front like taking tickets yeah and we stuff discover and... him behind a desk like working the event when yeah. he had <laughs> like no skin in the game for it <laughs> and we were like hey the uh, coolest, dude <laughs> why don't you come like play games with us instead of yeah <laughs> working we, this event that we you like don't play own. a game dude and he was like oh, i don't know if i can we were like just play a game with us so yeah, just get up and come to a table with us we managed to find like the only open seats and and Andrew comes over and sits with us. So now we're looking for a fourth and we're like, let's play some CDH, right? Like let's fucking keep it going. We played a lot of CDH over the weekend. Yeah. Almost, almost exclusively. I think I played like one or two non CDH games. Yeah. I think I played like two. Um, So, <laughs> so I go over to a group of people, you know, there's some people just like milling around and we need a fourth, but mostly people are in pods playing. Oh, and throughout all of this, every five minutes, someone is going shh, like very loudly. <laughs> like, like the volume shh. will steadily, steadily rise. And then, yeah. Shh. And then you just get shushed quiet again. So people were calling it like shishcon and stuff. It was very, very funny. Um, so I find these people milling about and I'm like, hey, anyone want to play a game? Can we get a fourth? And um, Nexi, uh, Nexus MTG, who we had met this weekend, turns around and she's like i'll play a game i don't have any decks though and i was like oh you can borrow a deck i was like have you ever played cdh <laughs> and she's like no i was like uh you'll get the hang <laughs> we'll teach you <laughs> oh man what a mistake listeners yeah this is, 
we failed. Yeah, we, we failed, failed Nexi that day. It was, we we really let her down. Yeah, we really let her down in such a big way because I so I gave her my Dawn Waker Thrasios deck. But before we even get into oh, yeah. the cards and what happens in this tragic game, let's just establish that this is the worst possible environment to teach someone how to oh play CDH. Yeah, because we're all being shushed. Yeah, we're all being shushed. You can't like loud. talk. Even and though it's we're loud, trying even to be quiet, it's shushed. fucking yeah. loud. So we can't and like talk through this things. Tense energy that we're yeah, all about like... to get kicked out, <laughs> and we like, you know, and we're just yeah. stressed. And it's cramped and like and very warm. <laughs> yeah, and hot, stinky. <laughs> so I mean, kind of fun and silly still, but like really not conducive to a great first time playing. CDH. Yeah, so she sh- she not. sits down and we're like, oh, so like what kind of, you know, do you play EDH? Like what kind of commanders do you normally play? And she was like, oh, I don't even really play EDH either. I like mostly play draft and limited yeah. and sealed. And we're like, uh oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've really led you astray here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then we shuffle up, we start playing. Sam's giving like some tips and stuff. Yeah. Next he's like, Sam's you're going to have free to help me. and probes yeah, she, left and right on the side. She's just like, you'll have to help me play this deck. And I'm like, ah, okay, I will. Like, that's fine. Um, and, you know, it's a Thrasios deck. So yeah, you're Thrasios trying to get Bruce. infinite mana. And to her credit, she had a pretty gas opening hand. Um, it had some stuff that was going to basically get her into a combo within like three turns and with some protection. I had like a counter spell and stuff too. It was basically the freed from the real line, which Mm -hmm. I I think some people don't play anymore, but I still like it. Um, She had enlightened tutor. She had a bloom tender and some like fast mana to get her there and like a counter spell or so. So it was like a pretty sick opening hand. I was like, okay, this is what you're going to do, how to sequence it. And this is what you go for. The mistake Dear listener, is that Mike was on Sisse Tutor Chance, which is a stacks deck. Not entirely, but a little bit. It's got some stacks in there for it's sure. It's a rule of law deck. And it plays through rule of law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a rule, sure. it's a rule sure of it law is. deck. It is. That's true. <laughs> I am on my Marath deck, which is truly a stacks deck. Like not, yep. a, not only rule of law, but like a lot of other shit. And not just a stacks deck, but a degenerate stacks deck as well. <laughs> <laughs> An absolute piece of shit to, uh, stacks deck. Yeah, like, it was great. All weekend long, we would sit down to play. <laughs> Sam would take Marath out. I would be like, this deck fucking sucks. Watch out for it. You're going to hate playing against this. And then the people we'd be playing against would be like, yeah, oh, that's weird. I don't usually see that Commander CH. And then the first time Sam blew something up of theirs, they're like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that deck got the same compliment all weekend where people are like, that's a really cool deck and I've never seen a brew like that and I never want to play against it again. <laughs> 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 which is awesome. <laughs> so I'm playing that, which I'm kicking myself because I was like, I only need two CDH decks. Like I, I had a third and I was literally thinking about just bringing Blue Farm, which probably would have been fine. Yeah. Um. But no, I'm stupid, and I brought Marath, and then, and then Andrew played his Gaddock Teague stacks deck, <laughs> which Gaddock Teague <laughs> is a stacks piece, you know. So we're we're all kind of doing the same thing. To my credit, I had intended on slow playing all my stacks so Nexi could like pop off, and on turn two, 
Andrew just plays null rod. Andrew plays a null rod, and we're like, well, like, okay, that fast mana you had next to you, yeah, like that doesn't work anymore. And she's like, oh, okay. So now I'm like, well, the floodgates are open. I guess I'll play some stacks too. <laughs> and each time a piece comes down, like Nexi's kind of like, guys, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And then we like try to give like a kind of useful description of like some of the things. And she's yeah. like, okay, okay. I kind of get that. I kind of get that. And then we'll get shushed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the the room is so loud and it's so tense. And oh my God, it's just awful. Like this is the worst game of CDH I have ever played. And this was Nexi's first game of CDH yeah. that she's ever played. <laughs> This was like worse than letting Steven down trying to teach him how to play magic. Yeah, like this worse is than worse introducing than my friend to magic through draft. I mean, to her credit, she was a really good sport about it. And she was very sweet uh, just to hang out with us while it was all, all happening. But pretty much just couldn't fucking do anything. And basically, <laughs> we won't go turn for turn. But eventually, the board state was that there were two Null Rod effects out. Null Rod, a collector oof. I had played a Linvala Keeper of Silence to shut down all um, creature activated abilities. And Nexi had copied it at, at Mike's recommendation image. with a Phantasmal image. So now my creature activated abilities were off too. So basically like a Cursed Totem was down. And then at that point, I tried to like fully draw the game, like a true draw with um living plane it's like my only out and i was like maybe i'll just end the fucking game right now so we can all do something <laughs> else and i play living plane so now no one can tap anything for mana um and then i just got fucking thwomped because uh andrew had a a um the fuck is that thing called yeah andrew had a luminarch ascension out which was just pumping out four fours so he was just making like two four four flying beaters every turn and just kind of won the game by just chonking us face yeah and like he by the time i played the living plane he had like i don't know four or five of them out so it didn't really fucking matter and then yeah. he just blasted me off the table next he was like hey this sucked i'm gonna leave <laughs> we were like that's totally acceptable uh, <laughs> i took over her deck and we played like a couple more rounds and then just sort of uh scooped to to andrew because he was crushing us yeah then we played a casual game with our buddy eric and right. that was really fun. Yep. I, I got to play what did I play? Gave, I think. Yeah, I got to play yep. Gave and I totally don't remember what happened in that game, but it was a good time. I don't either. I got I was playing some aura stuff for a little bit. Yep. Oh yeah, I remember it now. I played a defense of the heart really early. <laughs> oh yeah. That was annoying. <laughs> yep. And uh and Eric was on Obeka with a counter spell oh, yeah. on a fucking um <laughs> Yeah, counter spell on Isaac Crown Scepter. Yeah, counter spell. I don't on think Isaac he Crown. used all game. <laughs> he just yeah. hung it open as a threat. But holy shit, what a threat it was. Yeah. So between the counter spell on the Isochron and my defense of the heart, like nobody was really doing much of anything. No one wanted to play the more than three creatures. Um, no one wanted to play like a big spell at risk of it getting countered. So it was just like tense. Um, yep. And I think Andrew won that game too. He got uh, infinite turns with um, time sieve, right? Yeah, I think it was a time sieve loop. So yep. so he he knocked it out again. That was a that was a fun game. And then we got out of there. You know, it was kind of emptying out, and we were just tired. And so then we went back and we started cracking packs to play Pi Gao because oh, yeah. we wanted to play <laughs> we wanted to play a one v one format. 
and we didn't bring anything that plays 1v1 except for the packs that we'd gotten as like, you know, entry stuff from the yep. convention. So if people don't know what PyGao is, you open up a pack, you separate it into five piles of three cards, and then you each play one of those piles of three cards against the other person. Basically, that's your hand. You have infinite mana, five life, and no like library. You know, like You can get things into your library if so, something says, like, put something from your graveyard into your library, but you're never, you don't have to draw. You don't get milled out, nothing like yep. that. So it's a format that inherently has dead cards, like card draw cards do nothing. Things that search your library do nothing. Anything that has to do with land does nothing. Yep. And the the land itself in the pack, which also needs to be played, does nothing generally, unless it has an activated ability. So right. the conceit of the game is that you will probably have one of your five Pi Gao hands will probably be like an instant win. And one of them will be like utter trash. You do nothing. Like just- you know? <laughs> Yeah, just useless pile of three cards. So the whole goal is to try to, you know, win three out of five games uh, or more than that, of course. Um, And you just kind of go head to head. And we like to play where you make your five piles and then your opponent points to the one that you get to play. So it's a little bit more random and you can't actually like game it um, by like picking your best pack and stuff like that. So um, it's a ton of fun. So we we played that. Are we going to talk about pile gal? Why wouldn't we? You're right. You're totally right. Why wouldn't we? So after like playing through the packs that we had, we were like, we we're like, what if we played this, but it was like war from like, you know, if if you were playing with a 52 card deck of, you know, playing cards. I don't know if other people have played this, but when I was a kid, you play war, you'd basically both just flip the top card of your deck. Whoever had the higher one would win the other card and then you'd put them in the bottom of your deck and you just yep. like keep cycling it through it. And you just play until one person has like no cards in their deck. Right. Uh, so we were like, what if we played war, but with Pi Gao? So we have a stack of cards and you take the top three, you play your Pi Gao hand and the winner gets both uh, hands. Both hands. So we played that for like another hour it's like three or something it it's just like ridiculously late and eventually we're like okay we need to we need to actually go to sleep this has been one day of convention we need to like make it to day two here so the next day wake up panera we're some panera boys we fucking crush panera yet again i put Um, some spinach on my panera salad or sandwich because i'm like i need greens in me green thing. <laughs> i need something green and we're like yo yesterday we took a long leisurely lunch today we are gonna grind games and grind we did dear listener oh yeah um so we get to the convention we immediately bump to our buddy adam from sad Nas, and we're like dude let's get a game in so we ended up uh finding dan from moderately anonymous mtg jammed a game with them crushed us with their tivet deck <laughs> yep <laughs> like completely very fast. unprepared get got obliterated um yeah. so that game was wicked wicked fun and then we played a game with josh from elder drunken highlander and yeah. uh that was a really good game too that game was heavily stacked out that yeah. was the one where adam borrowed your sisse deck and you played his najila turbo Nas yeah deck. and Man, oh man. So that's an unproxied Najila deck. Oh, yeah. 
It's like a fourteen thousand dollar deck. It was, it was triple crazy, and you could feel the seriousness of what you were holding <laughs> when you picked it up. Like you picked it up, and it was it was a it basically felt like you were holding a brick of gold because it was very big and very pricey. And you were like, "This is insane!" And then it was also very good and really fun to play and uh i'm worried there's there's a serious chance my next cdh deck i build is going to have to be some kind of absurd turbo list and it might just specifically be najila and it might just be adam's najila list a convert we'll we'll have to see uh i'm actually thinking about rebuilding some turbo nas i i have dami mommies which is uh timna jessica but it's i miss playing I think I was talking about this at the con. I miss playing Silas Jessica, um, which I really, really loved. And, and I played Silas Rograk for a while too, which I think is sort of like one of the faster decks out there right now. And I love that one a lot too. So I think I want to get back into jamming some Turbo Adnaz and just kind of mixing up our meta a little bit because we've been really heavy on mid-range and stacks lately. Yeah. So anyways, that game was super, super fun. It was really cool to watch adam pilot that's to say deck um he had a really epic turn where he was like valuing through a combo sort of like one step at a time with kinnon interactions and like activating kinnon getting a creature that coming down being able to tap it with coalition relic and get like extra mana because of kinnon and feed into another kinnon interaction so that was just kind of this like epic grind that was happening he didn't get there, but it, it was still really, really cool. Did he win next turn? Did he? Or did I Najila win? I think oh my God. I don't remember how that game ended. I can't remember either. But it was like 3 p.m. and we were starving. Yeah. Um, and we had a cube. So Alan was there, mental misplay with his conspiracy cube. And he yep. was like, yo, cube is launching at three. So we were like, we got to fucking get over there. So we ran over to this uh, place with Josh from um, Elder Drunken Highlander. We ran over to this like convention kiosk and <laughs> I thought they were going to have like hot dogs or something, sandwiches, yeah, something substantial. They had only grilled cheese, pickles, bags of chips and cookies and mac and cheese. So it was like a yeah, cheese entree or chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, so I got a mac and cheese, chips, a cookie. And like, I just got as much as I could. And we were just like cramming it down our gullets while we ran over to uh, to where Alan was launching the cube. So we had our first cube experience on the first day. And this is our second cube experience. Very different. Mm-hmm. We still played in pods of four. It was made to be like a multiplayer cube, but only 20 life, you know, no, was not a commander cube. But the conspiracies were crazy. It, it really changed cool. the draft, really changed how you played. I can remember the three I got. I don't remember all their names. One was um, World Knit. This one really like set the tone for my whole draft. It was in my first pack. Basically says, basic lands you control, tap for any color of mana, as long as you use every single card you draft in your draft deck. So I, I I could not trim down my deck. I had to use every single card. Then I also got um, something that let me draw two hands and pick which one I liked the most before mulliganing. And then another one that made it so the first creature I cast cost one less, but I couldn't cast any instants or sorceries. And thankfully, I only had three in my deck, so it wasn't too bad. I got so many conspiracies that it would it's not even worthwhile. 
<laughs> counting them i i did have one thing that was kind of cool where it was like it assigned partner to a couple creatures so i had that for like elvish piper and cloth oh um, that's cool and then i had the one where instead of having lands in your deck you can exile a card from your hand and be able to play a land oh, so yeah. that was interesting to build around too but uh it wasn't super relevant honestly kind of just meant that i was ditching a card occasionally but it was an interesting draft and then the game was good too the game was for was me it? punctuated by the fact <laughs> that i'm a dunce yeah, i might uh, get a bad game <laughs> and i wish i hadn't because it would have been way more interesting yeah but it was fine i basically put a bunch of life into channel and then misplayed <laughs> what i wanted to do with it <laughs> uh but that's okay that's all right <laughs> I think Sam won with some uh, Scarab God shenanigans. Is that yeah, right? I, I ended up winning that one. Um, it was really, it really all came down to like a super early Baloth. I think it's Baylor. Oh, Baylor. Thank you. I got Baylor out, which is when it attacks, you um, destroy target opponent, sacrifices an artifact, target opponent draws three cards and discards three cards, and then another target opponent loses life equal to the number of cards in their hand. So, just having that early and it's like a big beefy flyer having that early just set me up really well and was filling graveyards for my other creature card that was super intense on value which was scarab god so people were ditching really big powerful cards and i had a scarab god so i could pay four mana and make like a little zombie copy of them and the thing that really popped it off was mike had an old knob bone in his graveyard which is when ever one of your creatures deals combat damage to an opponent you make that many treasures so as soon as i swung once with that i was like cool now i have like 12 treasures and i'll just make three more zombie copies and yeah. at that point it was kind of like a done deal um we got to play that game with our buddy john useless knowledge on twitter mm. um who's a listener of the show hey john what's up and it was re just really cool, just really cool to hang with him and play. And uh, we also got to play with Alan as well. So it was a good yeah. time. I think the other group next to us, somebody won with a Laboratory Maniac combo somehow. They like drew yeah. the deck and, and popped off that way. So they played a couple games because their like first one ended so fast. Double up. There's a conspiracy that makes it so when you cast a specific incident or sorcery that you name before the game, it casts it twice. Yep. So I think they were doing that with Time Walk. And then oh, yeah. just got to take a bunch of extra turns like right away. It's just like insane. Yeah. Um, but that was a really cool experience. And then after that, we we jammed a couple more games. We uh, got to play a CDH game with our new friend Rose and Alex Kessler, um, renowned magic player, Alex Kessler, <laughs> who was just super sweet. It was a really, really awesome guy. Yep. Um, and was and in a dope crocodile cosplay yeah, an, from an awesome one, one piece. piece costume yeah and and also was very sweet as he mopped the floor with us with a, yep. with a really well executed clean adnaz um he adnaz through horn of harnfell or sorry he adnaz yeah. through harnfell horn of bounty which um so he basically drew a shit ton of cards with with adnaz and then was like ditching them to like exile more and dig for the combo which i thought was a pretty dope move yeah it was pretty I haven't awesome really seen anyone do that with adnos before no. to use that to like dig even deeper into your deck um and that was kind of the last day at the con i mean we were literally sitting playing cdh and going into the cube for like 
six hours. Like we yeah. jammed as many, we tried to squeeze as many games in as possible. Yeah. And then we grabbed some food. We refined our pile gal list. We each like cut yeah. all the dead cards. We hung out, and- well, we, we had some food. Then we hung out with our buddy Eric for a bit. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, Fucking okay. Great. So now let's talk about the pile gal. So yeah. like you said, we were refining our pile gal lists. So we started thinking like, this pile gal thing is really fun. Like it's a cool way to take your chaff. You take chaff from your booster packs that you're not normally going to play with. You make a small deck out of it. Take out those dead cards, take out the land, take out the things that draw, the things that have to do with lands, you know, anything that's not going to work in pie gal and kind of make a bit of a refined list. So we both did that. Um, We both like went through our chaff, came up with these refined lists, shuffled them together and then split the deck in half and started playing. And man, it's a good time. It's really fun. It was really goofy and good. So we're kind of like, it's like a bit of a new format too. We're sort <laughs> of like considering it that way. Like this is a great thing to do if you just open a bunch of packs and you want to do something with your chaff. But you can also make a curated pile gal list with a specific experience in mind. Um. And if you want some ideas, you can go to whatever it is, our new Moxfield page that we have dedicated to Pile Gal. <laughs> we've been we've been talking about like actually putting up some clean curated lists for Pile Gal. <laughs> yeah, which may be up right now. I don't know yeah, when this could, episode's it could dropping. Be up. Uh, I don't know when this episode's dropping, and I don't know when we're actually making those lists. So <laughs> Sam from the editing room, cut in if we did this. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Sam from the editing room. We did this. Uh, yeah, so we have a new Moxfield account. It's called PileGow HSM, P-I-L-E-G-O-W HSM. And it has two of our PileGow decks up there. And also the primers of those decks have like a rundown of the format, the rules, and some of like the philosophy behind it. Wow, we're getting deep. We're going there. <laughs> so check it out if that interests you. Yeah. And then we went and, you know, we stopped by an Airbnb where a bunch of other people were staying and uh, some of them had like early flights out in the morning, like 7 a.m. flights. And they were like, we're just going to stay awake until we have to go to the airport. Jam games three or four. And we're like, yeah, well, we'll probably leave before then. But like, I like that idea. You know, that's cool. Good for you guys. And then (laughs) like we just played games nonstop all night and yeah. you know at one point they're like okay we're gonna go to the airport now and that's when i realized like oh it's it is actually like it's like three in the morning, in the morning. it's almost yeah. four yeah <laughs> yeah so mike was jamming a lot of cdh um i was playing with josh from elder drunken highlander who's a cracked deck builder and he just brought a bunch of these like casual decks and we were gonna play casual and then I think it was Alana who was like, oh, I don't have my own. I'll just borrow one of Josh's. And then Billy was like, oh, I'll borrow one of Josh's. And I was like, well, shit, I want to borrow one of Josh's. (laughs) So we just played casual game after casual game, all from like the same brewer, which was super cool. So all the Mm -hmm. decks were like really tuned, had these crazy combos. And he was just like loving it. You know, he's watching like all of his decks pop off in these cool ways. Um, So that was super fun. Mike had some like very chaotic CDH <sighs> games with Adam, Lauren, and Shauna that I could hear them from the other room. They kept being like, Sam, 
Sam, I'm writing into the podcast. It's so salty, Sam. <laughs> it was it was madness. And Sean would like come the... into the room and be like, "I need to cool off." I was like, "Oh my god, what is happening?" And then the, the three of us would like walk in, like sad, like five minutes later, like, yeah. "Shauna, will you come back so we can finish the game? <laughs> please come back. Please come back. We'll take it seriously this time. I promise." And then we'd make it through like half of the game, but. It was hilarious because there were a couple moments where like people were <laughs> saying the most ridiculous things and like acting like complete goobers. But then the actual gameplay of the CDH game was like pretty tight. <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> like people were like using their interaction at you know good times and stuff. It was pretty goofy. There were a couple games where like I gilded Draked Adams Najila and then he just scooped his deck and was like, "Well, I guess we got to play another one." <laughs> and we were all like, "No, you can't just scoop, dude." <laughs> like we're trying to play. But uh honestly awesome. It was really cool. Like I mostly just play CDH with you guys and you know the one tournament. So it was really cool to play with yeah. really enfranchised CDH players like they clearly know, you know, metas, lists, how things work. Like they're really tuned into the kind of the standard pacing of a game too. So they just seem to like kind of have that sense of what the game's going to look like. And it was really awesome. Um, and I hope to play with them more in the future. And Same I also dude. hope to meet them on like the tournament grinding floor. Same dude. That'd yeah. be great. I mean, I, I think like the biggest thing for me with this weekend was um, honestly wanting to, Nick is going to hate this, but honestly wanting to play more CDH. Yeah. For real. Like it, it was really what I enjoyed and just the dynamic of it was super fun. Not that the casual games I played weren't fun. They were they were a blast. But yeah, there's something good. about like the tuned level of CDH and just the interactions that were happening just really was like a joy to experience mm -hmm. over and over again. And like you said, playing with people who aren't in our meta, which is very insulated. Yep. And play against different deck types and just be like, oh shit, like this card I have in my deck doesn't work yeah right now. this doesn't do anything like i've tuned this. this to my local meta and i should probably tune it to like a wider meta you know and get used to yeah. playing with these pieces and even just talking deck techs and like having people look through our decks and chatting about our decisions and stuff was just it was just really cool um, yeah it was and seeing some of like the crazy spice like like our buddy evan with the pox deck that just like blew our minds and and andrew with the gaddock teague deck that just like that that Teague, dude. Thinking about that Teague. Yeah, like crushed <laughs> out over literally the hardest stacks lock I've ever been a yeah. part of, yep. um, <laughs> which was insane. So, I mean, that whole experience was just so cool. Yeah. I also got to, uh, that night, learned some of the One Piece trading card game. Oh, yeah. I've heard that's pretty tight. It was really cool. And like the the gameplay of it seemed really nice and kind of clean, but also like it had a really solid bit of depth. And just from the way players that were playing it were talking about it too, they were so clearly excited to be on kind of like, because I think it's pretty new. Yeah. So they're all kind of on like that first wave of a game taking off. And it was really cool to see, you know, like. Yeah, they're that all so level of excitement about it. about it. They were all really excited about it. So it's definitely something I might check out a little bit. I don't know how deep I'm going to go into it. Yeah. Already pretty hard <laughs> on magic, but uh, I think, you know, could be fun to have like something on the side. It definitely seemed appealing. I didn't get a chance to play it, but um, it just seemed pretty cool. It, you know what the other thing this weekend made me want to try more is um, head to head formats, man. 
like Pioneer and stuff like that, I was sort of yeah. like, man, it would be so much fun to have something where, and truthfully, this is kind of the reason why, because it was Mike and I there as a duo. When we were in Vegas, we would go back to our Airbnb and play more EDH. But with, you know, Mike and I, we went back and we had to invent our own two-player format, <laughs> which was really fun. And we're going to continue playing. Yeah. Um, but it would have been sick to have like a couple pioneer decks or a couple yeah, modern decks to just like jam games with, you know? Because there was a point where we looked at each other and I was like, should we play standard on arena on our phones? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we were like, no, let's invent a format. That'll be that'll be a better experience. <laughs> and it was. It uh, was. And, yeah, and the, it was. The other thing I gotta say about Pile Gao is so we when we road tripped home. Um, we snagged Alan from uh, mental Pl- misplay. He, he jumped in with us. There's a, there's like a car stream on Alan's channel that if you want to check out, you can see us jibber jab about the weekend. We'll probably say some similar stuff and you can see a very sleepy Mike wake up in the backseat um, halfway through. And uh, Mike, Mike's like yawning as I'm calling yeah, I'm him sleepy. Mike. turning into a sleeping boy right now. But on the drive home, one of the things we did was develop a curated, pile gal list you know again like one of the things we we talked about is that you can do this format with chaff you can crack a bunch of packs take out the rares you want slap together like a 40 to 60 80 card pile of whatever the fuck you want shuffle it up and play split it in half and play this this format pile gal um or you could come up with a really dope curated list that has like you know specific numbers of certain permanents and spells and um, so we started doing that on the way home. It, it's a really fun format because of the five life. Anything that's like six power or more becomes very, very broken. Yeah. And combat tricks like giant growth and stuff like that are very powerful. And even yep. a life gain effect that gains you like one to two life could be like the difference between winning and losing. Mm-hmm. Um, and discard is insane. Like if you have a, if you have anything that makes you discard one, two, or even three cards, it's like, sweet, I lose now because I only had a three-card hand. So it, it's kind of this like cool format to like think about building for because the strategies are so tight and it's so unique. Um, but I, I definitely have dreams of like having a, a small case of a few curated lists all sleeved up and just like busting totally. them out at a convention and, and jamming games with people. Having like your own version of a Dan Dan kind of experience. Exactly. And that's kind of what got us thinking about it too. It's sort of like Dan Dan is really big right now, which is two people playing off a shared deck. And this is like a similar concept, um, but not quite the same. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a ton of fun. We, we had a blast playing it. We were having a blast brewing it. The one problem is we can't play it online because you need the shared deck. So yep. It's sort of like, how are we going to play test it without doing yep. it in person? <laughs> I've been thinking about that. <laughs> oh, yeah? Do you have yeah. some thoughts? We'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, check it out. Uh, again, Sam from the editing room will chime in if uh, if we have done any of this work, because this episode is probably coming out in a couple weeks. So yeah. um, be on the lookout for that. How dare you summon me a second time in one episode? Yes, we did the thing. Our pile gal lists and stuff are available. You already heard this. But that's pretty much overall our whole Philly experience. I I loved it. I love getting to meet 
new people, play games with people I'd never played with before. Yeah, same. Uh, you know, just like see decks I'd never seen before, see cards that were new to me. And just overall, you know, everyone we played with was like just awesome. So yeah, absolutely. So there to have a positive experience, you know, yep. uh, you could just tell everyone was there for the fun gathering part of magic. And it was really awesome. Yeah, it, it was a fantastic experience. And I would do it again like next weekend if it was happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, it, yep. it was really, really fun. Um, and, and, you know, if I didn't get sick after. That would improve it as well. <laughs> oh, you know what? How about in lieu of a, an official salty card of the week, we bring up the salty card of the convention. What was the saltiest card that you saw in a game? I have one. I have mine. Morath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pox. Mine is Pox. Yeah, Pox was pretty good. Mine is definitely Pox. That the way that that just warped the game, and and also made all of us so on edge for yeah. the recursion and recast of <laughs> yeah. Pox was like insane. The other thing that was so painful about that is he had Ramanap Excavator. And a strip mine. Yeah. So we, I was getting, we were getting strip mined every turn too. <laughs> yep. And yeah, at one point I had like one land and I enchanted it with, with a wild growth and forgot about the strip mine in his graveyard. And he was like, sweet. And brought back the strip mine and just like nuked my juicy target. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. And like we, we saw Evan on Sunday and he read part of the description of his deck. And I, I'm not going to be able to remember it verbatim, but it was like, I don't just want you to hate the game. I want you to hate yourself. I want you to go home and look in the mirror and hate your life. It was just like, I want you to hate magic. <laughs> yeah, I want you to hate magic as a whole. It was just like in, it was amazing. So it's salty decks can exist at the CDH level. I think my Marath deck is a good example of one. And this Pox deck is also a great example of one. Totally. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in to all of our prospectors out there. We appreciate you guys tuning in every single week. And, you know, this episode, it's a different format, a little bit more rambly, just kind of talking about our experience. But we hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you guys are going to be at a convention in the future, hopefully we get to be there as well and meet up with you. I would love to meet more of our listeners out in the yeah. wild. Got to meet some this past weekend, but, um, you know, it's just sometimes you bump into people. Sometimes you are able to track them down and other times you just kind of can't. So um, we are certainly going to be at more conventions later this year. We're kind of starting to plan that out now, but obviously I have a baby on the way. So I'll be um, I'll be F6 for a couple months there at the very <laughs> least. <laughs> I will say that I think we're going to be at Kineticon uh, in Connecticut, and that is in July, I want to say. So any yep. like local folks in New England, you can catch us there. Um, we're going to be hanging out with the Elder Drunken Highlander dudes, Commander and Coffee, and um, one of the Eminence tournament organizers. So yeah, check us out, local stuff. But I think you know we have our eyes on another big convention somewhere out in the U.S. later this year as well. If you have a chance to go to a Magic convention, just do it. Go, enjoy, jam games with random people. It's such a good time. Whoever you jam a game with that's the most fun to play with, grab a meal with them Yeah. too. You know, grab lunch or dinner if they don't have a plan and just like, you know, 
everyone's got some fun magic stories and a fun experience with the game and and you can really have a good time over that yeah that well said that was probably one of the best things we did was continue to hang with people after good games yeah um well thanks again for listening if you guys want more howling salt mine content check us out on patreon patreon.com slash howling salt mine we have stray grains episodes we have our extra salt episodes that are coming out once a month so if you want some of that extra hsm content it is there for you um jump into our discord uh which you can get through the patreon as well people are posting up deck lists we're talking about spoilers we're showing funny photos of our pets we're talking about memes we're just kind of goofing around and talking about spicy cards every day it's super fun we have we've got a nice little community growing over there if you haven't yet something that really does help the podcast is giving a five-star review in whatever podcast app you listen to whether it's spotify apple Podcasts, google podcasts uh even some of like the smaller random ones um that is super helpful you know it increases our visibility so people can kind of randomly find us in the wild if you have a salty story that you'd like to have on a future episode of the podcast hit us up at the howling salt mine at gmail.com or dm us um on instagram and reddit we are the howling salt mine and on twitter we are howling salt mine whether you're going to dm us or email us we'll get it throw it in the queue and you'll hear it on a future episode um the timing for these right now are kind of weird. Again, we're backlogging for baby time. So if this comes out and you're like, wow, Philly was a few weeks ago. Hey, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> and if it was like two months ago, be like, this is completely out of time. But yes, it's yeah. still what yes, we're doing. It is. <laughs> uh, and lastly, of course, we got to shout out J.D. Burnett, our amazing podcast artist. Thank you for our beautiful art. If you guys are ever in Nashville, North Carolina, Get up, JD. Get a sweet tattoo. He's a really cool dude. Well, as always, everybody, stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. The podcast where we delve into the fuck wow my brain like shit out halfway <laughs> long through week Damn. yeah it's been a long week yeah like for instance um shauna um how's her last name said cut this same. how's her last name said gillis giles giles gillis gillies glaze <laughs> Gilles. <laughs> oh, this is becoming a blooper. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Actually, let me. I'm going to grab some water real quick before I. I already have my tiny I'm a seven and a half ounce ginger ale with me. Delicious ginger ale. Schweppes ginger ale. Natural ginger flavors no. with other natural flavors. What? Is, um, why does it say that? The like, yeah, it's ginger flavored, but there's also some other flavors in there. I'm just killing time until Mike gets back. This is secret. This is secret Sam only time. No one else is here. I'm unsupervised. I can say and do whatever I want. So I'm going to burp. <laughs> oh, man. I'm a child. I wonder who will edit this one. I wonder if they'll keep this in. Maybe this is a blooper. Yeah. yeah.
Oh, oh, he's coming back. Okay. All righty. I can now hydrate. Hit the old hydration station. Hydroblast some things. Hell yeah. Some blue elemental blast. Some bebs. A couple of bebs. <laughs> We're a couple of bebs. A couple of hot bebs. <laughs> couple of bebs. All right. Let's get into it, huh? Lettuce. 